Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, I'm chatting with Ivalice Page, who is the executive director and co-founder of the nonprofit organization Believe Big. Believe Big helps cancer patients face fight, and overcome cancer. You will hear her story on this episode, but Ivalice was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer at the young age of 37. Since then, she has been busy doing so much with Believe Big. I love what they're doing to get mistletoe therapy in the hands of anyone who is facing cancer currently. They offer grants to cancer patients to be able to use integrative therapies. They're also working with Johns Hopkins to do a four-phase study on mistletoe therapy. If you're thinking, what the heck, I've never heard of mistletoe therapy, you are not alone. It is not a super wide-known therapy in the United States, but it's been used for over 100 years in Europe, and it both kills cancer cells and also helps cancer patients deal with some of the adverse effects of both cancer and cancer treatment. You guys... I think we've all been affected by cancer in some way, whether it's having cancer ourselves or knowing a friend or family member who has been through a cancer diagnosis and treatment. And I'm really excited for us all to be empowered with the knowledge of mistletoe therapy because it's both relatively affordable and super effective. So without further ado, let's welcome Ivalice to the show. Welcome to the show, Eva Lee. So excited to chat with you today. Oh, thanks for having me, Caroline. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. So we are going to talk about a lot of different things today, and especially your nonprofit organization, Believe Big. But before we can do that, I would love for you to share your story of healing colon cancer with us. Well, I'll do the cliff note version, but right. I was a busy mom of four. I was homeschooling during the day. I was running a business at night. And what I found was that I was extremely fatigued and I was taking mm. like three hour naps during the day, every single day. And for a while, like many moms, as you can relate, you just felt like you were burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. And When summer hit and I was still exhausted, I knew that something was wrong. Mm. And my family had a history of colon cancer, so I knew it was a very real possibility, but I had been diligent about getting regular colonoscopies. I Mm -hmm. knew the signs to look out for, and yet I hadn't been experiencing any of them. Mm. And so I went to see a doctor. My husband's like, you need to go find out what's happening, why you're Mm -hmm. so tired. Yeah. And fast forward, a slew of tests to rule out the cancer ended up discovering it. And I still remember laying in that bed in the surgery center and my doctor walked in and I could just tell Caroline from Mm -hmm. the look on his face that something was wrong. So he told me what every patient hopes they never hear. And it's 
we found cancer. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I can tell you, I started to cry, honestly, and I couldn't yeah. stop. Yeah. And I was filled with fear at the not, the thought of not seeing my four kids grow up at the time mm-hmm. and growing old with my husband, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And you were super young at this point. Yes, I was 37. So my yeah. oldest was 13 and my, I have three boys and a girl. My youngest was five. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So you took a very integrative approach to healing your cancer. And for listeners who don't know, meaning you did some traditional Western medicine type things combined with some alternative, holistic, complementary practices. So I feel like that moment when you get that diagnosis, that moment when you hear, I've heard from friends who've had cancer that it feels like immediate, right? Like you have to make a choice right this second. It feels like you're kind of maybe sometimes forced into a choice or whatever. But I'm curious to hear how did you go about coming to that conclusion for your treatment to do kind of both worlds? Yeah. So when we were weighing all options, it was very heavy. And I think especially for my husband, for me, the fear quadrupled because I was diagnosed at the same age that my father was diagnosed at Mm. with the same type of cancer, but he died two years later. It was the same cancer that took my grandmother's life and half of her siblings. So it decimated my dad's side of the family. And so when we were weighing all options, I bring that overcoming and treatments for stage four colon cancer, which was, I was diagnosed. I had a less than 8% chance of survival. I decided not to do chemo and radiation. It would not have improved my odds of survival. And people would say, well, Ivelisse, you have to throw everything at it. You could be that 1%. Yeah. (laughs) And I just felt, you know what, why am I burning down a whole forest for one rotten tree? Yeah. And if I have six months to live, I am going to live it out with my four kids. We are going to do all the things we wanted to do. I'm going to live my life and not be sick and in bed. And that was just my choice. Everyone makes different choices, but Mm -hmm. ultimate Caroline, deep down in my gut, I just knew that those treatments would hurt me more than Mm. they would help me personally. I just, and you have to listen to that still small voice that just tells you what to do. And for me, it just said, do not do it. I did do surgeries to remove the tumors from my colon and my liver. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, when I was recovering from my surgeries, I would look over and see my husband searching the internet for anything that could help. Look at him go. I know, (laughs) but he wasn't finding much. And Mm -hmm. during that time, now we have so much at our fingertips, but this was 14 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. During that time, we met with a physician who two people from two different walks of life told me about him. And he was the one that told us about mistletoe therapy. And who would have thought that the plant we see at Christmas was used around the world to treat cancer. And so I felt like I had everything to gain and nothing to lose by trying it. And so, yeah. Here we are. That's awesome. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. So your nonprofit organization, Believe Big, is dedicated to helping families face, fight, and overcome cancer. So after, spoiler alert, you beat cancer. (laughs) So after beating cancer, like, honestly, my first question is like, how did you have the energy to do what you do now? But also, how did you decide to form Believe Big? 
Yeah. We saw the different problems and you touched on a few of them at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the show. Problem is that once someone is diagnosed, they're immediately rushed on a conveyor belt of treatment with only three options chemo, radiation, surgery. Yeah. Many people don't realize that their care should be individualized and not standardized. Mm -hmm. My husband was in the health and wellness industry for over 20 years, and we had insight into homeopathy and all these other things, but most people don't. They're just trying to follow the steps. Mm -hmm. And people also don't realize that they have time to investigate other options because Mm -hmm. typically it takes cancer seven to 10 years to grow in the first place. So most people have time and they don't realize it. They just feel like they have to rush in and get rid of it right away. Right. And honestly, they're so overwhelmed. They're just diagnosed and they aren't sure what questions to ask and that there is even a better way to complement treatments. Yeah. So seeing all those things, I realized that my story was not unique. There are people who have gone through cancer, know someone who's gone through cancer and someone who has gone through cancer, experienced the broken system, struggled with the wide range of emotions and limited financial resources available. I really wanted to change that. I Mm -hmm. wanted to do things differently and help other people do different things. And I wanted to help the cancer patients of today, but also finding a solution for the future. Totally. And that's what kind of birthed Believe Big. We wanted to help to educate and connect. And we do that with a few different reasons. Within 24 hours of someone contacting us, our advocates instantly link arms with them. Wow. And they guide them to the resources they need for their care specifically. And we help them with questions to ask their oncologists so they're well-informed. We help them with grants to pursue mistletoe and nutrition therapy. Mm -hmm. So there's so many various ways that we kind of step in to that gap for the patients of today. And we're so grateful as an organization that's run by donations that we have been able to release the financial burden that thousands of families have to gain access to this care that's not typically covered by insurance. Yeah, So, So. so to be super clear, you give people money, to mm-hmm. be able to do some of these alternative care practices that aren't covered by insurance. So unfortunately, and this is my whole life, is everything I do isn't covered by insurance. And so everything is cash pay. And it's so unfortunate when the majority of Americans don't have 500 extra dollars to pay for a set of tires or pay for that bill that comes up. So receiving a cancer diagnosis and then being told maybe some of the things you want to do You can't do because you don't have the money or you go into crippling medical debt, all of the things. So yeah, that's so fantastic. Yeah. And you and I have a community of people that would gather around us Mm -hmm. and support us. And many of them did. And I, had it not been for that community of people that rallied around me, our family would not have, we've gone under. Um, I was running a business that was completely sales-based. And so I lost my entire income. And so we would see people drop off cash under our doorstep. Mm. And we had meals for almost a year of people bringing meals to our home. And not everyone has that. And we realized that. And we said, okay, for those who don't have the support system, how can we as a community of people here in the U.S. link together and provide 
the access to this care that is so needed for all, not just for those who can afford it. And which is actually why the clinical trial that we are doing with Johns Hopkins is so important. And we're so excited. We just celebrated last week at our fundraising dinner that phase one was published in the AACR journal. And it's, it's the first step in getting it considered part of standard of care oncology. And one of the big reasons for me is not only we, it's been around for a hundred years for cancer treatment. We know it works. We know it's helpful so many different ways, but my biggest goal is so that it can be covered by insurance and it can be part of standard of care. So that is the big push for the clinical trial. Which is so amazing. Yeah. And it's so crazy because my husband's a physician. So I have a little peek into this world and understanding there's so many things that go into it. But number one, unfortunately, cancer is a really profitable industry, right? And so pharmaceutical companies get billions and billions of dollars a year from treating cancer without people like you and Believe Big who are willing to fundraise to support these clinical trials, like mistletoe isn't going to fund a clinical trial, right? That's been honestly a huge problem in the wellness world is there's who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay to do these four phases of trials, but then also make it so that insurance can pay for it, which is such a huge access point for so many people is getting it funded. So before we talk more about the trial, which I do want to get into, let's go back to the basics of mistletoe therapy. So I believe big, you guys are huge fans of mistletoe therapy. You used it for yourself. Can you tell us what mistletoe therapy is? And also how does it work in the body? What is it actually doing? Yeah, so it's been used for over 100 years for cancer treatment, which a lot of people are so surprised by. And then people say, well, if it's not part of standard of care oncology or it's not quote unquote FDA approved, how did you get access to it? And even though it's not part of standard of care oncology, there are family practitioners that specialize in integrative oncology mm-hmm. and natural medicine yeah. that are trained in mistletoe therapy. And because mistletoe, the substance is actually listed under the homeopathic pharmacopoeia, it's FDA approved under that. Any practitioner can use any drug off label that can help benefit a patient. And so that's how it is used currently. When I was going through cancer, it was only subcutaneous, meaning in injections. Oh, okay. And there's a different extract. It's just fascinating. There's different extract based on the type of cancer you have and also what type of what stage you are in and whether you're doing treatment or not. So that's one thing that people don't realize is you can do mistletoe on its own, like I did. And then there are individuals who do mistletoe alongside of their conventional therapy, and it doesn't interfere with conventional treatments. And that is what is huge. Most doctors tell you, get off of this herb and that herb and this supplement. And to their defense, they're trying to break your body completely down to get rid of all the cancer. They don't want something boosting the immune system, Mm. but mistletoe is an immune modulator. And so it will help to support your body, Mm. even going through chemo and radiation. And what is the difference is, is that it helps to support the body. So patients don't experience the nausea, the vomiting, Mm. the Mm. lack of sleep, the hair loss. My oncologist at Hopkins at the, when he was at the time, he said, Ivelisse, I can immediately tell when a patient's on mistletoe, 
They're not jaundice. They're not weak. They have strength. I've had patients do their treatment. And then that night they're shoveling snow. Like it's just night and day. And that's actually one of the quality of life factors that was shown in the phase one trial. Right. And so mistletoe has so many different substances. It's got, and I'll say two words that may not be familiar, viscotoxins yeah. and lectins. So mm-hmm. viscotoxins, they say is like the strength of a venom of a viper. And what it does is that it attacks the outer layer of the cancer cell to destroy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then the lectins in it, how is what helps to support your body and, and to help your immune system, give you energy and help increase your mood and strength. So it does so many things. Right. And for me, I'm still on it 14 years later. Really? As it prevents recurrence. It yeah. prevents recurrence. Yes. So, okay. To understand what you just said, it's twofold believed to both attack the cancer cells and also support the body so you can use it with chemotherapy, with radiation, without. I love that because I do feel like there are people like me who like, I'm going to go 99.5% holistic most of the time, right? (laughs) But I still love integrative medicine, the ability to use anything available, all the tools available to us. So I feel like there are going to be people who just want to use mistletoe like you, some people who want to use it with traditional therapies. And I also, honestly, I really appreciate that you're willing to support every person going whatever route, because it really is such a personal choice. I love that. So originally it was just subcutaneous, meaning just right under the skin injection, but now it's also available in IV. Is that correct? Yes. And so over the last few years, it's also been available. And that's actually what the trial was, is through IV. Mm. And IV is known, they say it's like seven times stronger than the injections on the onset because it really helps with tumor suppression and stabilizing a patient, especially with late stage patients. So many practitioners who have someone that's stage four or really having a difficult time, they can start off with the IVs to help establish kind of a homeostasis factor where it stops the fire from the body from continuing to grow and stabilizing a patient. And then they can continue on with the injections or both. So it's very individualized. And again, it's very dependent on the patient and the cancer and where they are in their journey. And that's why it's not like a typical supplement that you can go to the grocery store or to get your supplement online. It has to be done by a trained practitioner. For sure. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking about how much the pharmaceutical industry really boomed kind of during my parents' generation. And we want the pill for everything, right? Like we just want the easy way out. I have a headache. Let's take ibuprofen. And so I appreciate that even with mistletoe therapy, it's still appreciating each person's bioindividuality, right? Like maybe you need more, maybe you need less. And also the other misconception I feel about cancer is you hear about curing cancer. And I remember having this misconception. And one day my husband told me like, Caroline, there's like hundreds of different kinds of cancers or however many different kinds. Each one behaves very differently. So that's why we have breast cancer research. We have colon cancer research because it's not one size fits all. It's not like blanket statement curing cancer. It's individualized to the cancer and then even to the individual. So I love that mistletoe therapy can be really individualized. Just out of curiosity, for someone who's in remission, how often are these treatments now? Do you still do injections every single day? 
No. So again, it depends on what your practitioner prescribed. When I was in the midst of my cancer, I was doing an injection every other day. And typically now it's like three times a week for Mm -hmm. new patients on average, but I do them twice a week. And that is just a maintenance dose for me. But again, I could have stopped after five years. And again, that's what I love about it is that it won't hurt you. It can just help you. Sure. And I feel so good. I feel like it's, especially with my genetic history and my linking with Lynch syndrome, it just is an added measure of support that Mm -hmm. gives my body the strength to fight off anything that may be trying to invade. And so it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing that what started as treatment, right, has now kind of become preventative for you, right? Yes. Preventative of anything in the future. I love that. So what, for someone who's thinking, okay, maybe I have cancer, I want to try mistletoe therapy, obviously coming to Believe Big would be a good place to start, but just for knowledge, what's the typical cost? I'm sure it varies greatly based on how much you need and everything, but can you give us a ballpark of what's typical cost and like length of treatment? Yeah. And that's, what's so beautiful about mistletoe therapy and especially the injections, the subcutaneous version of it, it Mm -hmm. costs about 200, $250 a month. So it's like the cost of a really good supplement that you have to take. For sure. And it makes it affordable to many people. Mm -hmm. The IVs are more expenses, of course, because Mm -hmm. you're having to go in and having a practitioner give it to you and all that involved. So typically that can range between $350 to $550, depending on how much mistletoe is in the IV bag. Mm -hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's way more affordable than I expected. Okay, would love to talk about the study with Johns Hopkins. So first of all, want to make the point, it's so interesting, you were saying this has been around for uh, over 100 years. Additionally, I've had acquaintances go to Europe to get mistletoe therapy in years past because Germany, other places have been using this for years. So I hate that it's such an uphill battle in the United States to get this FDA approved, but you guys are in the battle. So you are the official collaborator with Johns Hopkins on the mistletoe clinical trial, and you've already completed phase one, like you said. So can you tell us more about this clinical trial? What's it about? And also, what is your hope for it? Like, what are you hoping happens in how this really changes cancer treatment in the U.S.? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is that people don't have to search for it like I did or others have. And I'll tell you this really quick story. And that's who I think of also lately when I'm pursuing the trial and raising the funds for phase two. I had a woman come up to me at church and it stunned me because she said to me, I look at you and I can't help but get angry. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, did I say something? (laughs) I was like, oh my, what did I say? What did I do? Yeah. She's like, no, you didn't say anything. She said, I've been struggling with cancer for four years Mm. and I feel like I'm pushing this boulder up this hill and I see you well and thriving and being with your family and enjoying life. And I want, that's what I want. And I feel so upset when I see that I'm not there. Mm. And I said to her, well, have you spoken to the doctors that I gave you before? And she just looked at me and she said, Ivalisa, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a single mom and I'm on welfare. Mm. And as affordable as the mistletoe is, I can't even afford that each month. Yeah. 
And that just kind of set me aback, like, oh my goodness. And of course we helped her and are helping her. And that's one of our values at Believe Big is compassion. But I, I just think about how many of her there are that can't even pursue it, that even, even for that quality of life factor. And so the clinical trial, as you mentioned before, most are funded by pharmaceutical companies because they have so much to gain from it. And so they'll invest the millions that is needed because they're going to get a huge return on their investment. Whereas natural products like mistletoe therapy cannot be patented. Mm-hmm. And so that's why pharma companies aren't creating their own mistletoe to use for cancer treatment because natural substances can't be patented. Mm-hmm. And then thus, who's going to fund them? Right. And so that's what was a big eye opener to me. I had no idea because mm-hmm. people were like, well, if this is really legitimate, why haven't there been trials prior? And okay, who's going to raise the million dollars to do it? <laughs> and right. so, so that's kind of our heart is, okay, let's get together as a community of people, not only to help the patients of the future, but those who really need this and can't afford it. So I want it to be available to all. And yeah. that is my heart is to make it accessible to everyone. And so phase one is really mainly to test for safety and efficacy. We were also using it to do the maximum tolerated dose so that we know what to use for phase two. But for phase one, what was really interesting for those who don't know the process, because it's a natural substance too, we had to have patients who had already failed a first line of therapy, like chemotherapy and radiation. We had patients that were so heavily pretreated. Yeah. They had to have at least three months life expectancy, but even with patients being heavily pretreated and many of them had no other options, they couldn't do traditional, any more traditional treatments. This was wow. kind of like their last hope. Mm. We had out of the 21 patients that were enrolled, five of the patients got stable disease and three of the five saw their tumor decrease in size and remain stable for several months after. And the clinicians and the investigators were like, wow, that is impressive knowing that the patients that were enrolled. And also we were testing a whole wide variety of tumor types. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting as I was reading the results was the tumor types that responded so well were the tumor types that that mistletoe would have been prescribed for. Yeah. So it was so interesting. And then they also added a quality of life factor to it. And every single patient in there showed a tremendous quality of life that they evaluated. And that is another huge win. Yeah. And I feel like that was like a bonus for phase one, because phase one is typically not even trying to figure out the efficacy, but being able to show that quality of life and those tumors that became stable, like, I mean... Yeah, I feel like the rest of the phases are only going to go better <laughs> from here. Yes, yes. So, so then our- explain to us, there's three more phases, is that correct? Yes. And so there's several phases, but phase two is what we're going to step into next. It's typically about under hundred patients mm-hmm. and it is testing a specific tumor type, trying to evaluate many factors, not 
just what the dosage and they'll use the maximum tolerated dose that we discovered in phase one. So we're actually in the discussions now. It hasn't been totally planned and we're trying to figure out what's the next step because it was just published maybe a month ago yeah. in February. So now we're in the discussions of that and then also estimating that it's going to cost about a million dollars to Ugh. fund it. I know. So yeah. it's like, it's okay. Is each phase about a million dollars or does it get more expensive as you go or how does it work? It gets more expensive depending on if it's at a single site because also mm. the number of patients increase. So we had right. 21 patients. We had it at a single site and we raised uh, about $400,000 for phase one. So right. this one is going to be about a hundred patients and it may be at a dual site. We're yeah. just trying to figure that out. And so they're anticipating it'll be about a million for that. And then phase three is to compare it to other therapies. And then four is when it's actually introduced into oncology. <laughs> yeah. And how long did phase one take? Many years. I think it took longer because it's never been done. It was actually the first clinical trial on mistletoe done in the United States. Yeah. Thankfully, our FDA said that because it had been used so much in Europe, they were able to use that data and allow yeah. us not to start on animal studies, which was great. Oh, wow. So we were able to start on humans, but people say there have been hundreds done right. all over the world. Why can't we use that data? And here in the US, it has to be done in the United States. So Man. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We're going to keep chugging along and, yeah. and getting this. I won't stop until it's done. Yeah. No, that's so amazing. So the other amazing thing that you're working on simultaneously is the Believe Big Institute of Health, which looks fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We are in the process of right now looking for land and trying to discover what's going to be the best area. We want it to be in a healing environment. So not mm -hmm. in a big city. We're looking at 50 plus acres so that it can be an area where people can retreat and restore and to handle all aspects of life. So not just the physical side of healing, but the emotional and the spiritual side as well. I think we're all so focused on the physical, which is important, but as in this world, our emotional healing and our spiritual healing, yes. all those factors play a huge role in our overall healing. Yeah. And I heard a doctor once say this quote, and it really resonated with me. And it says, though, not everyone will be cured. Everyone can heal. Yeah. And what is cancer teaching you? Mm -hmm. And so that was my dad's story too. He wasn't cured of his cancer, but he healed in so many other ways. And so this Believe mm -hmm. Big Institute of Health, I see it like a St. Jude's, but for integrative oncology care and for all ages yeah. and a place where patient and survivors can come and have the best therapies under one roof and not just for those that can afford it. And Another huge struggle for many survivors is, is that many patients, especially those who have had pediatric cancers on mm -hmm. average have five to seven huge life altering effects from the treatments that they had mm -hmm. as a patient Yeah, and they're released from their oncologist after five years. And many of them are not, most family practitioners don't know how to take care of these individuals. Yeah. And 
that's where our network of practitioners right now at Believe Big really help those who are facing cancer, those who have faced it, and those who want to prevent it. So it really gets to the root cause of disease and stopping any kind of cancer growth and future movement of it. It's a huge dream. We are working towards it. We've started our capital campaign for it. Yeah. We're looking in three different areas right now. And so I'll keep you updated. I know. I can't (laughs) wait. No, I'm going to have to come visit. It sounds amazing. So thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing all of your knowledge. If people want to connect with you further, get more info about Believe Big, where's the best place to do that? Yes, they can go to believebig.org and they can follow us on Instagram at Believe Big. And those are two ways that they can connect and learn more. Perfect. So let me ask you the same question I ask everyone. So when you're looking back at the end of your life, what does a successful life look like to you? Hmm. My husband and I actually did this several years ago. He wrote a book called Life Word, and it's meant as the culmination of your life and your tombstone, you're facing it. What do you want to be remembered Mm -hmm. by? And you create a one word that will be that book of your life. And then the one words in between that are the chapters. So my life word is actually life. And interestingly enough, a few years ago, I realized that my name, the meaning is life. Oh, that's and so, so amazing. And so my hope is, and I'm looking at the end of my life, is that I, you know, as a follower of Jesus, that I feel like I gave life to others by how I mm-hmm. love them well and how I serve them. And so that is my hope. Love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Eva Lise, thank you so much for being here today. I am so encouraged by your story, your remission, and all the amazing things that you are doing in this world. So thank you. Listeners, if you are interested in learning more about Believe Big, head to believebig.org. There you can find more information about this mistletoe therapy research. You can get connected if you are a cancer patient to the Believe Big network. You can find integrative practitioners there. You can apply for grants there. All of the things you will find there. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. 